Hey you, thanks for tuning into the Waiting List Podcast. I'm Long Long. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are three watch friends with a healthy obsession for watches. So sit back and relax with us while we chat with collectors, industry giants, and share some good vibes. Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. Today we welcome back my friend Dave Geng, who's a Lange collector, and we previously did an episode about, I guess, his career, his professional career in the sneaker world. It was very interesting with many insights on, you know, what, and question actually a lot of things that we think about sneakers. It's, it's a lot of interesting information in that episode. Today, we focus on Dave's second passion, which is, or maybe even his primary passion, which is watches, and in particular, Langer. So welcome back to the show, Dave. Hey, Daniel. What's up? Hey, Lana. Right. So straight into it, why yeah. Langer out of all the brands out there? Right. I just thought, um, I mean, everybody ar- around me was collecting either like vintage Rolexes or Patek's, right? So, you know, obviously Patek's are, I mean, they were on top of their game for 30 plus years. You know, they had, you know, the amazing, you know, the 2499s, you know, 15.8 and all that. But I just thought collecting Patek's would be a little cliche. That's that's all there is to. I mean, after that, I mean, it was either um, the independence, like FP Drawn was a when I started collecting FP Drawn was not even on the map. It was a tiny, tiny company. They were making what three hundred watches a year, something like that. So, um, so yeah, it was either the independence or or Lange. Yeah. So yeah, right. I said. But you you don't necessarily come across Lange so quickly. So, right. like, where did you jump from? How did you start, and where did you jump from? So my first grown up watch was probably the Big Pilot, the IWC Big Pilot. Um, it was huge, you know. And still <laughs> is huge. It, it is. Right? Yeah. So, so I ended up I ended up buying both the Mark 15 and the Big Pilot. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, I'm just gonna have both. Cause I like the, I really admire the, uh, the you know, the whole Pilot's watch design and all that. So I had both for a while and then I ended up keeping the smaller one. Mm-hmm. So the, the Big Pilot, cause that was ridiculous. I mean, nobody should be wearing a four <laughs> watch. I mean, unless you're, uh, but yeah, that was my, and then I moved yeah, but on. So why did you buy it? The, the big what pilot? made you buy it? I should say. The, the big pilot. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the big pilot had transparent case back. So you could see the movement, the seven day power reserve movement, the Peloton, you know, winding system, all that. The, the Mark 15 had a solid case back with the ETA movement. So I thought, you know, really wanted to see the movement at the time. So I was like, I would just admire the movement from, you know, the transparent case back and not just wear, not probably not end up wearing it. So I would, I, I would still be wearing the Mark 15, you know, on a day-to-day basis. But when I get home every night, I would just, you know, take the big pilot out and it's like a desk clock. <laughs> Put it on your nice, like, Hey, that's like a, you can just leave it there. Right. I think John Mayer might have said the same thing, you know, when he's trapped, when he travels and, you know, yeah, does but all his- John Mayer is six foot something, right? Like, I'm sure it fits his wrist. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah. I, so I, I laugh I, at this, yeah, because Dave, every time I've seen you, you're one of those guys that wears a watch that is um, always smaller than you, you always go to the smaller side. Like last I, time I met you, we had uh, lunch. You're wearing a 34 millimeter Roger Dubois yeah. vintage watch, right? Oh like it's totally the opposite of what <laughs> pilot is. Yeah, I they... mean, it's so big. They had to say it's big pilot as well. You know, that in the name. Yeah, imagine back that. In the days, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just wondering whether, like, um, I don't know. Actually, is it in the first Top Gun movie? Uh, the the one in Top Gun movie was no, it was it wasn't the IWS pilot. The original one in from that it from yeah 86. yeah yeah the original one yeah. Oh no, that wasn't the. Uh, it was like I think it was a generic military watch or something like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. So you 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 were you got um IWC and then what did you go into? And then I ended up buying a couple of Rolexes. I got a uh, the Pepsi, the GMT. Um, that was before all the ceramic bezel came out. All that, and then after the Submariner, uh, with the ceramic bezel came out, I got that. That was two thousand thirteen, maybe. And then everything kind of stopped uh, because, you know, I had a fair amount of watch knowledge at the time already. So I, I started looking at Moser's. I bought a small seconds yeah. H Moser yeah. in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. I think that's when first starting. That's when, you know, the family just took over mm -hmm. Moser mm -hmm. and they, they had their um, like first distribution, um, you know, the retailer in hong kong so i yeah i ended up getting a moser <laughs> in hong kong um yeah that was fun that was my first you know it was hand wound um beautiful movement uh, so that was my first i want to say serious like serious watch it was the moser yeah that's just very interesting that you went from yeah iwc rolex and then moser like what yeah everything else in between like okay so yeah the thought process was actually pretty straightforward so if you go into a patek or vacheron dealer yeah if you're going to shop for a small seconds hand wound like a classic yeah. look yeah wristwatch at the time I, I believe in hong kong dollars it was i think the patek 5196 150 mm -hmm. i want to say okay. before discount yeah and vacheron uh, was about the same, 130 maybe. Yeah, the lower, yeah, yeah. Yeah, RPK similar to that, but the Moser was like 85,000 Hong Kong dollars. Okay, okay. Uh, got the long. It's like got it's got a 72 hour power reserve and all that. So mm -hmm. I was like, hey, a lot of watch for the money, more bang for the buck. So that's mm -hmm. yeah, that was basically how it ended up ended up with the Moser because it was cheaper. This is what people usually say about like Seiko, Grand Seiko. But this yeah, is yeah. Someone's like, I you got bank group, I Yeah, it's the same principle as I, I, I assume. Yeah, and the Lange one was like almost two hundred thousand. Yeah. So that was a question at the time for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned something which you said after Rolex, there was like a pause, or right? Stop. You said. Right. Why the stop, and how long did it stop for? Yeah, well, that's great. That's a great question. Because after the Rolex, because you know when people, like when there's always a little bit of a slump, not slump, but I shouldn't, for lack of a better word, because 
at the time I thought Rolex like was the that was yeah. that was it. Yeah. I had I already had Rolexes. I'm like, oh, I'm done with watches now. Yeah. But then, because I lived in Hong Kong at the time, so it was you know Hong Kong's over flooded with you know every, yeah like your two stops. I mean every two blocks. So, um, but then you know if you start going to uh like Hanban Daiha or you know there's all these little street corner shops that had used like pre-owned watches mm -hmm. they had everything you know those guys had like i remember looking at richard mills at the time mm -hmm. they had richard mills in 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 these uh yeah. little jank shops in hong kong but then that's so you know that's when i discovered that there's a bigger world to it than just yeah. rolexes so so yeah so i start i bought the moser in 2000 i think it was christmas 2013 i want to say yeah yeah so I, after that it was just you know i just went crazy you know after the moser christmas 2014 yeah christmas 2014. it's pretty hard to like yeah i'm still trying to understand this i actually quite admire the fact that you just said it was bang for buck like what long long said like a seiko but yeah it means that at that already at that point you didn't really give the brand equity the branding wasn't high on your priority is that is that a fair thing to say yeah yeah i think that would be a fair thing to say for sure i i didn't really care about the recognition if you will um like like you know in hong kong everybody's got a rolex in hong kong taxi drivers have got rolexes garbage men or maybe not yeah. garbage men but yeah like everybody's yeah, got a rolex everyone has rolex right and in most parts of Asia, it's pretty much that or, I mean, what's after what? Probably Apatic, right? And then um, I didn't care about brand recognition or like anything like that. So I was just out hunting for craftsmanship and you know, things like that. Yeah. Okay. If that's the case, right? Why did you not go for... Well, like Lange back then then what what like do you know what I mean why did you not That's start back then price was it the, just the price yeah I think the price point was a big part of it you know okay. Lange like I said it was you know the Patek 5196 was like 150 Lange ones were like 200 mm -hmm. I, yeah I just couldn't fathom spending 200,000 Hong Kong on a time only mm. watch you know, like I didn't understand you know the rash or like why made it so expensive at the time yeah, yeah. i remember looking at the fp the, the cb the yeah. chronometer yeah. that was a hundred surprisingly cheap at the time i think it came out in 2014 that was like 140 hong kong maybe at the time i think yeah i just didn't like the white hands remember they had this plasticky yeah really jack yeah so i was like so mm. if you if you were like um like concerned about well, basically getting bang for your buck right at that time were you mostly buying off the secondary market then yeah because at, but, at that time secondary market was cheaper than primary market right yeah cheaper too so but i just i didn't have the proper knowledge i didn't have the boss to go into the the pre-owned market because i always thought i would get duped mm. by these by these three guys in hong kong into a shop in hong kong it's all like the, the, it's, it's yeah like they don't a, give you confidence <laughs> yeah. oh it's a it's it's a real hustle and just 
no, it doesn't. So um, I try to stay away from that probably not until three or four years later. Like seven, I, I think I bought my first pre-owned watch in 2017, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's right. wow. That late. Yeah. 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 Everything right. else was firsthand, brand new from the AD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Um, the thing is, is you went from that and you never went back. So you, I, I, my understanding is you never have, you've never owned a Patek, right? Never, never owned a Patek. Yeah. Probably. I forgot to ask you the other day. Have you ever owned an AP? Nope. Royal Oak. I don't think so. Never. Nope. The okay. only, yeah, the only AP I would have owned was probably when they had the Drew's Audemars collection. You know the dressy ones. Yeah. 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 Like the, um, the Drew's Audemars mm. collection. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I've never owned a Royal Oak. I don't think. Okay. Yeah. So, when you go into Lange and you think, so what is your first watch from Lange? You know the first one that you you actually acquire. It was the Darth, the Lange one Darth, the platinum. With... See, that's yeah. surprising as well. Yeah, basically it was jumped so many steps for every. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah it was the Darth, okay. but then, I... so that was two thousand. Yeah, early twenty twenty. Yeah, after yeah. I moved. To... I wouldn't say that's a small size. Like I find it kind of big, actually. So. Yeah. 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 Because the Lange one always wears a little bit larger because of yeah. how thick, the, how the lugs were designed, how the, yeah. the lugs were bothered onto the case. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was perfect, you know. Okay. Yeah. When you come from you know, 30, the Lange one's what, 38.5? Mm -hmm. But then, oh, 38 millimeter, that's too small. But then when you put it on your wrist, it's, I mean, it's, it's really, I think, the perfect, perfect size for today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's one of those watches which I think is really hard to. I remember seeing it in the shop and I think, yeah, it's okay. It's everybody goes on about the design. And I get the I get the design cues and stuff, but it really, mm. really, it sounds so cliche. It comes to life on the wrist, right? right? Now, that... I remember that... one guy. It's called uh, Horror Chrono on Instagram, right? He, he mm. I can't remember. Yeah, I met him in Shanghai, and he had his Lange one, the the, the yellow gold one, the most classical one, right? Yep, yep. and I saw it on his wrist and then I had the appreciation of how perfect that size is right. and how it slopes off on the side. You know how it yeah. slopes off and then it's straight. Yeah. Like that design. Yeah. It was like, Oh my God, that is actually so much more elegant than I, I, I had ever imagined seeing, seeing it like being used was very different for me. Like it made me really appreciate just in that moment, a Lange one just from seeing it like on the computer you know on her digital articles so when I first well the first thing that caught my attention when i handled um Bolange, um it was i think it was how heavy it was the heft of the watch yeah if you compare a one to say i don't know a, a, the patek or yeah, yeah right it's yeah. it's the as for some reason it's a lot heavier than the other yeah guys out Right, so especially you know the Darth, the the Lange one in platinum, yeah, it's it's so when I first had, you know when you hold that in your hands, like wow, this is substantial. I really liked that part of Lange, you know yeah. that huge walls under case and how thick it is. And yeah, yeah, it's 
I mean, it's I I also hear it a lot. Like people are like, hey, don't you think it's a bit heavy? But I actually enjoy the fact that it's heavy. That you remember you're wearing something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that's why people buy platinum watches. It's just the heft and heftiness of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. Dave, you 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 really really dig this Lange One, right? Because you then went on to purchase like to one point twenty five Lange Ones. And yeah. I'm like, even then, I'm thinking, why would anybody need? I know it's a great watch, but why would anyone need twenty five Lange Ones? Like, are the differences that significant? No, it was just it was essentially different color combos. Yeah. That... <laughs> yeah that's what I mean. Hey. So I had the yellow bow with the yellow hands, yellow go with the blue hands, yeah. the Darth, Darth, um, you know, um, the only, yeah. So, yeah, it was for me. It was like I said, it was almost a, you know, I was going for, you know, I was gonna get, you know, bef- at the time I didn't think there's that many. So I was like, oh, okay, there's yellow go, rose go, platinum, and that'll be, that'll be, you know, end the story. But then I discovered I started I started to discover how many color combos there are out there for the lot. And then there was all these um retailer specials. Like yeah. they had uh yeah. yeah, they made one for they made a couple ones for one pay. Yeah. They had for Cellini in New York, yes. you know, all these yes. but yeah. Oh, this is not gonna work. I'm gonna need a lot more money to get all the longer ones I wanted. So I stopped at about yeah 20 25 watches yeah I had some duplicates too like so I would I will keep the one with the you know in the pristine conditions and sell the other ones so I kept upgrading right so every time I see a Lange one in a better condition the case, whether it be for the most part was the case cuz Lange has got such a sharp you know it's got that stepped case mm-hmm. and the, the lug as a chamfered edge on the lugs so you had to find one with the perfect um, you know, in, in pristine condition. So I kept upgrading. So all my Lange ones are in absolutely tip-top shape. So, yeah. like, which one was the most special one then? Yeah, that's my next question. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I, for, at the moment, my favorite one is probably, I know this is a podcast because there's won't be any videos. It's probably the little, the little Lange one in platinum. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Millimeter. That we call it the stealth because yeah. it's so stealthy. It's pretty, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no frills, simple what time only. Yeah. Uh the perfect size is 36. Mm-hmm. And and but it's also a super heavy watch because uh, mm-hmm. it's all in play. I think at the moment that's that would be my I think I'm gonna keep this one mm-hmm. uh longer. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. That's a nice yeah. one. But then I've always wanted the yellow gold with the blue dial. The one oh one point uh oh two I think mm, that's mm. four. And then like I told Daniel that and then there's the steel Lange one, which is the ultimate yeah. sort of uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how yeah. many pieces of the steel one were made? Probably less than five. No, I think in the range of twenty to thirty. Okay. Any okay. twenty and thirty that's instances. Possible. Yeah. You can still find one if you exactly. yeah. Hope, yeah, yeah. Is that is that the ultimate grail for you? Yeah, well, I think the it is, and the reason um, that would be the ultimate uh, grail for me because it looks like any other white gold lange, right? So, oh, you've got the so there's 
there's there's a model called the 101.027x, which looks exactly like the 026. The 026 is still only one. So people will be like, oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> so it looks like any other uh, white gold longy one. So it kind of flies radar. I kind of like that. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Yeah. So you, you, you made these every time you've made a step on your next movement, right? It, you've missed out a lot of steps. So you kind of like did independence and now you're like straight into Lange. Where do you go from this? Uh, I mean, going forward. Um, yeah, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Where is left for you to explore? I think probably the independence now. I think, I mean, I'm not that into vintage Rolexes or Patek's. So, I mean, if there's a 1463 in the good price, I'll probably, you know, it's hard to resist that. That's the Tasty the awesome watch. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it will have to be the independence, I think. Um, I was looking at Debathun the other day. Uh, so I put in an order with Watchbox to get the new Debathun, the DB27 JPS, the one with Didn't the... Michael Jordan just get the first one, I think. I don't, he's, he's got 23. Yeah. He, yeah so his pieces, he's got the number. Yeah, he's got yeah. 23. Um, I tried to put in an order for that. Let's see if Watchbox... But that's really big. So you're going... Yeah, that's there. massive. Yeah. So you're going yeah. small or really big. Yeah, but you'll be. Have you guys tried everything on the wrist? No. Does it seem? Yeah, because well? yeah, the lugs they all kind of bend <clears throat> down. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, movable, right? So yeah. it's it kind of it kind of fits. I mean, it still sits on your wrist like a frying pan, but yeah, it's not. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I I've worn one. It 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 doesn't wear as big as it like says on paper, but it's still big. Right. Still big, yeah. It's still it's big, yeah. And it's it's one of those watches that somebody wears, you can't miss it. Like it, your eye it, just gets dragged to it, and then all you see is this watch. It's because it, it's, I mean, it's like amazingly designed as well. And then you've got the articulating lugs, and but it's just massive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is why if you listen to Dave, right, this whole episode and the one before, you're like, okay, he definitely has like two sides to his personality. Like either really outrageous, and then there's days that he just wants to blend in, but it's like super I, small, super big. Oh. Yeah, that's the way to go about life, right? You yeah. either go crazy or just yeah, go uh, back to home, right? It's like... Yeah, right. I mean, if you're gonna wear like a watch, like a Debatoon, yeah. I mean, I'll get, you know, the one I will get right now if it's available would be the shiny blue titanium. Yeah, the DB20. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the kind of blue. blue. Is it called the blue kind of blue or something? Yeah, I forgot what the name is, but it's a super shiny. Yeah, I love uh, it. It's so yeah. just, it's just so like space like. It's so yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I have to say, like, um, two watch brands, MBNF and uh, Debbie Thune, they really capture that feeling of like real space, yeah. like. Yeah. Rather than other brands that say space and you think, well, it still looks like a watch. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember like if you go back five, maybe six or seven years, like Richard Mill was like that. Like at the time, dude, like, you know, it's not cool anymore to have a Richard. I guess it's still yeah. cool, but not really anymore. Yeah. But then 
time, like six or seven years, like when nobody was having, nobody had Richard Mills. So that yeah. was, because the retail was already so high on the Mills mm. at the time. Like, mm, yeah. The money, that's probably, I would, you know, yeah. You, I would, so you, you, you pretty much never, you never really got into RM, uh, Paddock or AP. No, that's just, just never. That's quite. That's quite admirable, actually. Like you've totally avoided those that. massive brands. That. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't want to be like anybody else, you know, because the Royal Oaks were, you know, definitely an icon, right? The Royal Oak is probably the most iconic watch design you could in the past fifty years. I mean, I couldn't think of any other, right? That's has a more iconic design, but I just thought. I mean, it's everywhere. You no, know? uh, I just didn't want to be like anybody else. So mm. I will probably still get a, if I find like a 5402 in a good condition, I would, mm-hmm. um, I'll pull the trigger. But uh, other than that, it's the modern Royal Oaks and the offshores. I, I don't know about the offshores, man. That's, that's, yeah, that's a. I think they're just a bit like, like i hate i mean tacky is a strong word but it's definitely not classy for sure yeah not refined yeah Yeah. not refined at all i i the way i see the offshore is i just see it being it's a product that um is designed to target a very different demographic than you know my friends and me yeah and i respect that for you know I, I don't like it, but obviously it's done quite well, right? Right. So it, it does sell to a certain a group. But, Absolutely. you know, before we go on to the independents, like out of the brands that are in conglomerates, so in Richemont, LVMH, do you think there is any other brand that catches your interest that you may go into? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think um, in today's world, it would be, it's harder for, I mean, we're so overlooked because you, you go on Instagram now, there's so much information and so many really, it's like Christmas every day. They're making a new watch. There's a new watch coming out every day, whether yeah. it's a Patek or like Zenith or I don't think any mainstream brand right now really piques my interest i don't i don't think there is yeah. you know Lange is still making some interesting stuff contemporary you know contemporary stuff um like the lumens i work that just came out last year mm-hmm. i thought that uh yeah, you're in line to get one of those right i am i'm very excited about that it's probably When's still it gonna a, get delivered i think it's probably still a year out at least okay. um and you had to do some serious bundling for that watch. I, I, I pretty much know. Yeah, yeah. I had to, I, I had to get. I ended up getting a datagraph perpetual, for for the. Uh, yeah, for... like you cannot understand this price bundling at this level. <laughs> yeah. But, but that. Yeah. 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 Which style uh, you know... color did you get for the datagraph? <laughs> uh, um... Navy blue or salmon. It's funny because long it's still in the wrap. The salmon, the salmon, yeah. that's the more expensive option that I yeah. got the regular. Okay. So but honestly, this is one of the best looking watches I have seen. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very thick, but I mean, it's just beautiful. Like I can't find anything wrong with this watch. 
You mean this one? Yeah, the... this one. No, this one. Because like Toby on is hidden. Like everything is so like you can just walk by and be like, yeah, it's just a datograph. But it's like, wait, no, it's not. It's, it's a... datograph. Yeah, yeah, it's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit on the larger side. It's, it's yeah. super thin. So I don't wear it. I, I wear it, but uh, no, it's still very uh, well-made watch for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just too bad to put that into, you know, they had to. I mean, I could have. it could have done really well on its own, but then they decided to, you know, put it in the bundle sale, which is kind of sad. It just priced it a little bit lower. No, right. a little bit. I mean, way lower, right? Way Yeah, just sell by itself instantly. But it's just priced so high that I think aside from you, I think a lot of people just think, mm, what what can I get from Paddock at premium? Or like, which Tobion can I get from AP? Or should I just buy a Richard Mill? Yeah, so you kind of yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, so, but yeah, I mean, like the Lumen side work, uh, I'm very excited about that. Uh, but no, yeah, I think uh, all I'm looking at pretty much is the independence now. Uh, uh, by the way, yeah, did you, you know, Lang is also famous for being um, chronograph kings. Did you get any chronographs? Yeah. So I have the first gen generation dialograph in rose gold. And then I bought the, uh, the 1815 chronograph as well. The 1815 chronograph is a better day-to-day -day watch. Yeah, it's thinner. Yeah. Right. Um, it's it's uh, got a clean. It doesn't have date. It doesn't have loom hands. So it's a very, yeah. So that's see that's the watch where I look at as well, and I think there's nothing wrong with that watch. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. again a perfect. It's it's almost too perfect. <laughs> right. Right. Do you know what I mean by that? It's almost like so perfect. Sometimes you need a bit of fault where you can. It gives a bit more. Yeah, it doesn't have like yeah. warmth to it. You know, it's just too perfect. And it, it doesn't have. Yeah, and I feel like you can see it on someone that's twenty-one and someone that's fifty-one. Yeah, yeah, it's and, just yeah. the design of that watch, like the size of the fonts, the, the even the font style, like where where you look at a uh, fifty-one seventy, yeah, and sometimes you think uh, it's some things like. But then it's like quite more, quite a, just that little bit more romantic. But I just can't get past when you see a Lange, you know, like a 1815, you look at the movement, it, it's, it's, it's there, right? Because it's basically the data graph with the, without the date module. And so obviously it's thinner. But then when you see the 5170, you're like a little bit underwhelmed. That's the big thing with the 5170. Yeah. You feel so <laughs> underwhelmed when you see it's it. Um, and I think Lange really did, uh, I think they kind of screwed it up with the loomed hands for some reason. Like if you look at the difference between the 1815 chrono and the datograph, whether it be the Gen 2, mm. is that the in chrono doesn't have the loomed hands. Mm -hmm. That just gives it another whole other whole another look. It's just cleaner, mm -hmm. right? Oh, right. Yeah. I know what yeah, we're not big fans of the loose hand for some for some reason. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I, I had to get one. So, mm. um, three chronographs right now: the datograph perpetual, the datograph, and the fifteen eighteen fifteen chrono. Yeah, mm. I probably okay. need to get rid of one at some point. Yeah. So after after you 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 like, is there are there any other langes that you want to get, like apart from the stainless steel langing one? And yeah. this uh, Lumen Zeitwerk, 
like is that it and then you're done yeah well i mean if there is a so lange had uh in, i think back in yeah it was 94 when they first started right the reboot so the original polymerite was pretty cool the one with tourbillon yeah and the Hey, that's so nice it's like unreal yeah. nice level nice <sighs> so if we could eventually if i could get my hands on one of those yeah. i'll be pretty yeah yeah the original plm plm yeah, yeah. oh my gosh yeah it was how many good things they made yeah well maybe aprp did a lot you know gave them a lot of help manufacturing yeah. the few all that but yeah that would be my um you know at next acquisition if they, they come along at some point yeah okay and okay now independence you said debbie thune what else yes. takes your fancy i have one of pigeon uh the rdm the original rdm from the early 2000s um i mean line hopefully i'll get this debbie thune the ne next year after chinese i said i think they're gonna start uh, dishing out uh, the the new DB27 after Chinese New Year around that time. Um, but uh, yeah, I I mean I've looked at. I've always wanted to handle a Haldeman. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I, for some reason that's just the coolest looking. I mean, it's got like a. I've I've I mean, handled not, one. Yeah. Yeah. How was it? Yeah, there was a there's a collector. That was based in Shanghai. Um, he yeah. had one, and yeah. um, he bought the tourbillon and the 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 yeah. three handers. Well. So he got he got two. Oh, um, okay. It's quite. If you thought Lange was sterile, like yeah, the Holder mother is pretty sterile. It is. It's sterile. It's, it's pure like, it's a block. You know, it's a real solid mm -hmm. piece of metal, right? Yeah, and. It's I remember the yeah. hands being quite thin mm -hmm. um, right. and thin hands, like some people really like them. They're, they're not quite my thing. You know, they right. don't really do it for me, but you know, some people, they love the hands of like Lang and Hain or something. Right. Mm -hmm. um, right. It doesn't quite, having said that though, Lang and Hain made some pretty yeah. awesome watches, yeah. you know, for, for I... what you get for that price, yeah. you know, what like ridiculous. What, hey, they're not cheap, you know? But I think you get a lot of bang for your buck for it, though. You know uh, what I think? Yeah, enamel dial and yeah, no, I I agree. I I think they're one of the best. But I'm saying like price point, they're almost. I mean, some pieces are more expensive <clears throat> than a long A. Oh mm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like they're. Yeah. yeah. I for for me, I think it's a little bit too classical for me. Yeah, it's very. Got that. Yeah, very classical. It's a bit too classical for me. I feel a bit like yeah, yeah. uncomfortable with that. A level of classicism. No, it's got a garden look to it. I love that. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to handle one. Yeah. But then the, the way the Pete Haldeman, yeah, it's it's very industrial feeling with that refinement. Right. It's a very specific look. Um, yeah, it's not well. I, you can probably tell it's not my kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, and then okay. the waiting list has like four to five years. I wrote an email to. It's yeah. So I don't know if I should just suck it up and order one and just wait for I don't know five years, or I mean those things are hard to come by, right? So 
um, maybe at the next auction or something. Because yeah. four to five years, you have all the stuff coming in. Yeah. Yeah, so it's right. It's five years already. <laughs> right. I think I think just put your name on the list, like. Wait, yeah, I don't think you have anything to lose, right? I think you you probably have to end up paying like thirty percent deposit or something. Oh, to be on the list. You, yeah, usually like when you're serious about it, you it's, it's a thirty percent deposit, right? Like the crayon, I like the crayon was another cool watch uh, that I really uh, enjoy looking at. You know the the um, the anywhere the crayon. Yeah. Um. So it's either that or the crayon, I think, between the two. If I had to order and wait five years for another independent, I think I think it's probably those are the two that are on the top of my list right now. Okay. But yeah. I, I, out of those two, I'd probably go for Beat Holderman. Yeah, for Holderman. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'll go for crayon. Dude, the crayon uh, such... It's so nice. Yeah. yeah. It, is. it is. Yeah. Don't we have a, a mutual friend that... Yeah, he's been showing me the dial, like the updates, yeah, with the email. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the email, you you feel excited already. You're like, I can't wait to see the real thing. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Um, is it? What's the complication in it? Is it a uh, world? Well, GMT he's doing. Like they're adding a moon face for him, like a tiny, just. Uh, but generally, he's doing GMT. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's sunset. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff if they could yeah. do a mosaic which i i mean they won't but if they could do a mosaic that would be like whoa okay I'm like done. the mosaic like that yeah, yeah. they did it for a only watch right so if they could do one it's like you're done already yeah, that was awesome yeah i think yeah i wonder who bought that watch at the end yeah, yeah the rumors that the lvmh the lvmh guys got it but i don't know yeah mm. so like they you're getting your DB and then potentially get independent brand, which take might take, I don't know, four to five years. What are you going to do in that four to five year period? Um, something will, will come up. I mean, right. There's always going to be like, I don't know, some interesting longest, longest or uh, yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I don't really, you know, there's, that's something you can't plan on. Right. So it's just whatever comes along your way. Um, it's full of surprises. That's why like, that's why I like collecting watches. You know, you never know what's coming. Yeah. So something something that is recent for you as well is for most of your watch collecting journey, it's been extremely solo, right? For a, yeah. a very long time. And very it's long. only in the last like year that you've met other people that love right. this uh, watch hobby as much as you. But But when you've met them, like... You're already. I've met you, right? So I've spoken to you about watches. You're extremely knowledgeable, and you're you're across the board, right? right. Even to the point where you're starting to like really see through the industry. I I would really put you very highly in terms of how much you know. Oh, thanks. And then you and then you never met anybody up to that point. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So back in the day, I don't know if you remember, but there was like Timezone.com. Yeah, pure and all those forms that I used to go on a lot. So that was for the most part my my journey was been, uh, my journey's been with those guys, the form guys. You know, time zone was a big one. Um, but you know, at the time everything was on the form, right? There's no internet chat. I mean, there was MIRC and all that, but there was no like WeChat groups or 
um, I mean, in Hong Kong, I guess I had I had a couple of friends in Hong Kong who were interested in. I mean, they were interested in watches, but they're not like big watch nerds. You know what I mean? Like they're looking at you know the how how or crayons every day. Mm. They were probably looking at oh, I mean, uh, this is a Paul Newman Daytona. They were looking at that kind of. So yeah, for the most part, I've been pretty alone. Um, reading how, how has that been for you meeting people in the watch community at such a late stage like it was such an epiphany for me that i know the community i think is a lot larger than i had imagined i i was surprised how how inclusive and how big of a community there is in china in shanghai specifically i mean i probably meet up with some of these guys every couple of weeks different groups of people um you know w and w since you know we had the watches of wonder in 2021 i went to that together with those guys uh and then this year so yeah i was just surprised how big the community is in, in shanghai i mean there's probably you know uh, i mean i'm sure if you lived in london or new york there's probably even more vibrant scene but yeah that's it's plenty for me right in hong kong loads hong kong loads long long will tell you yeah. Right. yeah i'm sure right well that ends our interview a very pleasant discussion with you about lange and and your watch collecting journey again thank you for sharing so much right we now go on to the uh reverso round so okay. you prepared us a couple of questions and we tried to get you off watch questions but you're so passionate you're like no it's got to be a watch question so right. so shoot Okay, so first question. If you're stranded on an island alone, let's say for the next three years, and you can only listen to one album, what would it be? Listen to one what? Album. Oh, this is not a watch question. One album. Yeah. You, when Remember, you see an album, you mean like a... Yeah, okay. like a... Right, okay. Because okay. it's not a Spotify playlist. Because Spotify, you can do... Yeah, I'll keep... That's what I was... Exactly. I was like thinking... Well, that, oh, he means like a proper, like a CD, how you just go to yeah. shop and buy a CD, yeah. right? Fine. Then I'll choose uh, Michael yeah, Jackson we'll... or Adele. Okay. But... Oh, I can't believe how fast you answered that long. No, you really put in the fresh. Okay, Michael Jackson has a mix of happy and sad songs. Because yeah. they're stuck for ages, right? <laughs> right, right. <sighs> Jesus, man. Like one album. Oh, I think I've got it. Yeah, what is it? I think I can't say for sure because I'm sure I've missed somebody out. But what comes to mind is Eric Clapton. Okay. Unplugged. That's a good one. The one. Yeah. Yeah, that has quite a lot of everything. Yeah, I feel great yeah. when I listen to that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the with the Eric Clapton, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's a good yeah. question. Never had such a random one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about cast. Uh, hang on, I, I will flip that to you. What would you have taken then? Um, probably a Marvin Gaye album. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. It's very telling, actually. Yeah, That's Marvin a very Gale. telling, like, good question to see somebody like, oh, you yeah. know, a yeah, very good Dude, question. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you can pretty much instant instantly tell. Uh, about the guy's personality by this question. I think that's it's it works really well, I think. Uh, okay, so from Long Long's answer, what can you tell about Long Long? 
Mike, it's a I it's I don't know. I it's Michael Jackson's always been a. I know he's such a pop icon. That's I just never got into stuff. I I don't. I I I mean I understood why he's such a big hit in the nineties and all that yeah. because that's what grew up. We growing up, you know, we we're yeah. you know Mike Jack was the thing, right? So, but no, I never got into it. It's, I just, but Adele, yeah, Adele was uh, probably the best artist right now alive. Yeah, I think. I agree. Yeah. No, artist, I think it's gonna yeah. be Adele. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, but then, and then what do you learn about me when I say Eric Clapton? Uh, oh. you were, you were, yeah, yeah <laughs> you, oh. you were, you were, <laughs> right. So you like the, you know, uh, no frills. Uh, you know, very. You were a very dependable guy. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> you're, you're you're a good husband and a good good dad. That, that's all right. You clearly, yeah, didn't pick that up from Eric Clapton. <laughs> Jesus, like, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like you, what's your second question then? I didn't have you down as a Marvin Gaye guy, but yeah, what's your yeah. second question? A second what was we will be watch related. So if you could combine, like if you could make a watch out of scratch, from scratch, if you can, if you could combine two complications into one watch, that Patek or Vacheron or Audemars Piguet never did, like what would your creation be like Patek always done like perpetual calendar and chronos together like but there's one i'm sure there's like hundreds of different combos that you can do if you can do like any complication i think like crayon did a good job with the gmt the sunrise and yeah. mm. does, yeah. does, does date count as a complication uh no like a grand complication, like so a turby. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So for I me, guess... I have to put, yeah. I have to put jumping, a jumping mechanism in there. Okay, okay. jumping second. Yeah, yeah. that's got to be what in there for me. Uh, yeah. And then, ah, oh God, it's. Yeah, because then uh, it's like so much stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Like you can have a crazy watch that has like two the two craziest grand complications. What what do you think you would uh you would create? I would definitely do like Tobion and um Minute Repeater. Okay. <laughs> just like go big and go home. Just be like this watch category that right. Actually, sure. I think long like I would go um jumping seconds plus uh minute repeater. Yeah. That's kinda that's nice. Yeah. Because that's I cool. like for me, I, I value discretion a lot, even though I do a podcast every fucking week. Right. But like I love that when you wear a watch, um nobody you kind of alluded to it actually earlier about having a stainless steel langing one and how it looks like a regularly white gold one but actually right. you know and then maybe a very very small amount of people would be able to tell that's a stainless steel one right yeah i love the fact that when a jumping seconds you know just goes under the radar from 95 percent yeah. of the watch population right they're going to say that's a quartz watch and then with the with the with the mini repeater having the lever on the side on the left hand side for example yeah, 
most of the time that lever is hidden by a cuff, right? Yeah. You're yeah, just going to think it's a three, simple three-handed watch. And simple yeah, time. it's like the most, one of the most complicated things to do, right? Um, and uh, I think that, that, that would like really be such a, bring me so much joy, like in a kind of like weird way that I, you know, I know, but fucking no one else knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm a bit weird like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, the, the pusher kind of just slides under your cuff, like nobody else will see it. Right. If you wear it on your left well, wrist. Minaret, minaret repeaters are the most complicated complication, right? So yeah and you said the second one it just that gives that minute repeater that extra thing right but long long's one tourbillon is like literally like bang hey, like hey, the grand where would you put the tourbillon it, right? the back or the front oh yeah, in the front i mean the grand circle just did it. it's not crazy it's just that like okay you say like minute repeater fine right but then like where's the joy though like every day looking at your dial like what's going on though <laughs> I see that what? tick, tick, tick. That's my joy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The only time I think, because uh, Lange had that Richard Lange, the deadbeat seconds, right? Yeah, that one. Yeah. That was the only one I thought, whoa, okay, that's really well made. That's nice. Yeah. Watch. Yeah. There's also the Walter Lange, right? Which was also, yeah. I think that watch is a bit big. It's forty and yeah, it's forty point five. So it's a yeah, little it bit. big. Yeah. So what I would do if I had the power, you yeah. know, if I was okay, you've been waiting to tell us, haven't you? Yeah. Since you asked the question, Genesis, you know, let there be light. I would be like, I'll have a Roger Pond with resonance. That's unfair. So I... That's like okay. That's <laughs> oh like... my god, Roger Pond with like, the resonance. Oh, yeah, I forgot about you that. Yeah, had half an hour to think of this answer. Yeah. Like. <laughs> He's like, he's, you sat there last night thinking about the answer, right? And then you thought, I'm going to give them two seconds. I mean, I mean you're being realistic. Like, what if I had to pay for this? Um, right? It's like I put you guys on the spot and then I gave you a crazy answer. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Ratrafont with a resonance. That, man, that, do you know what the thing is? I actually think that, is that even like, someone's going to make that probably. It's not that hard to do. You just yeah, put two next to it. No, like but that. I'm thinking in a, in a wearable kind of case. It's it's yeah. just the quality execution, but it yes. can be made easily. Yeah. yeah. Not that hard to do, right? If you think about how many, it. How many, but, how many watch brands actually make a resonance watch? Armistrong make one. Yeah. F.P. Jean make one. Um, uh, what's the other? Um, shit, the... Uh, um, independent i'm trying to think i think right now currently contemporary yeah only those two um yeah. i think the other yeah uh, maybe three or four brands in the history have done resonances yeah but i think right now Armin strong and i feel are the only two right now making right. in production okay. Mm. okay right that was actually a very very enjoyable reverse round <laughs> i had fun with that one we now right. go on to the pump pusher round dave so the last part of uh yeah, this episode. Number one, right. your favorite sneaker of all time? Um, it would have to be the AJ1 in red and black. So the one that was banned from the NBA, that Jordan had worn for mm. a couple games mm. from the NBA. Yeah, red and okay. black, it won. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Long Long? Honestly, 
I still wear Air Force One like nearly every day. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, you wear I Air just Force never. One. It's just like you can walk like twelve kilometers and not feel anything. Yeah, I need to try those out. I've never had a pair. It's it's nice. I even went to there were these things that were really popular in Taiwan for girls. They're like, uh, it looks like a it looks like an Air Force One, but it has like a, what is it called like a heel inside, like built in. <laughs> Oh, those were really popular in Taiwan, and then now it's like, okay, that's yeah, 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 that's not a good look. <laughs> okay, well, my favorite is probably I know I like I like the original Converse man, Chucks. Mm. Oh, it's a classic. I love the profile of those, how they like narrow your foot in, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, um, number two, your best memory that you took away from Boston, um. Probably the, 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 you know, living in Boston, I think it was the people. I really miss the, the we call them the mass holes. So it's a it's play on the word asshole. It's like mass holes, right? But well, Boston is in Massachusetts, right? So uh -huh. I miss the salt, the salt, the earth, good old <laughs> Bostonian. Yeah, the swears and, um, I think I don't think there's one particular memory I had um, that I could bring it up right now, but uh, yeah, I think that you know was the people it's really that vibe, right? The, exactly the the vibe that the people had. It was because people, you know, it was the Irish. I think it was the Irish guys that that culture. If you watch any Boston movie like um, The Departed or mm. Good Will Hunting or any Ben Affleck movie, basically mm. that's what that's what Boston is like. Yeah, mm. he, there was a. Yeah, that was a pretty accurate depiction of what Boston was yeah, like. Yeah, so I like. Uh, I love those movies. Yeah, I'm yeah. A, I love Goodwill Hunting. Like one yeah. of my favorite movies of all time, and I love the whole how that whole area, everything is depicted. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, number three, the best piece of advice you've ever received. Um, I think probably my dad gave me a good advice. Um. He said, uh, so I've, you know, he, he's, I mean, he tells, he tells me this every now and then. It's a repeatedly kind of reminds me of, he said, don't ever make the smart person mistake. I was like, I was like, well, what's the classic smart person mistake? And he said that nobody else is smarter than you. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what he's always told me growing up. Um, yeah. That was a, pretty good piece of advice that you know um yeah yeah good advice that you yeah. to think you're the smart, smartest person yeah right number four your favorite toy as a child oh i can't remember that i think it was this plastic um i think it was look i think looking back it was probably a porsche 911 mm. car like okay. a it's made out of plastic it had rounded back side to it so yeah. the end i think it was a porsche 911 toy car i think that's what it, yeah i did at the time i didn't know it was porsche 911 but now i think looking back it was that's that was my favorite toy for a long time okay number five the worst job you've ever had uh probably the bookstore clerk uh, <laughs> okay well i was uh 16 so I was a senior. I mean, you a answered junior. that very quickly. What was so bad about that job? 
So I don't know if you worked at bookstores before, but it was so. So if you okay, so all my friends that worked at like um, donut shops or like supermarkets, so they they will have free food like or pizza shops, but there was no perks. First of all, there was no perks associated with my job, so I would the bookstore. You could you could buy cheap books. Not really. Yeah, because prices were said there. I couldn't get. There was no employee discount. Um, and um, and books were heavy, man. Papers are heavy. I don't know if you noticed, but it was it was hard labor. Okay, <laughs> books working in the bookstore is hard labor. Are you trying it, to sell that? But books are so heavy because when you have to rearrange the books and bookshelves, and it was it was hard, man. It was, you know, it was six ninety five dollars an hour which is good for a high school kid but uh no it's just a lot of labor it's more than so you would... i ask you right like why did you not take a fast food like job and do a bookstore job when you hated I, it yeah i don't know it's i couldn't remember it. it was so long ago but i think it has something to do with i didn't really want to interact with you know because <laughs> you know worked at fast food you're either like you're either flipping burgers or you're at you know a drive to you know um counter or something but uh i kind of like liked it quiet so okay yeah right. that was tough. um the next question the last thing you bought and loved anything yeah the last like, thing you bought and loved the last thing loved um Going back to my Porsche 911, I bought a 911, uh, yeah, about a year ago. Absolutely love it. Um, it was probably, um, like, as, you know, as an adult, it's hard to love something. Like, you can, I, like, we love watches and all that, but, like, you just don't have that same kind of excitement when you get a new pair of sneakers when you're, like, 12, right? So I think the last thing I bought and loved was probably the Porsche 911. I bought I bought a uh, not vintage but kind of old ish mm. Porsche. Which one? Last year. Which which, the one, uh, which model? Yeah, the nine the nine eleven the nine nine seven nine eleven nine nine seven. Okay, that's the last uh, two generations. Uh, that's the one with the non electronic steering one, right? Yep, that's hydraulic that's steering. The, the hydraulic steering, yeah. Yeah. Right. Up that okay. car. Next one. Um, Another hobby you have outside of watches. Oh, I actually know what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, golf. It's, I've been playing a lot of golf recently, since COVID, basically. Because um, I don't know if you know, but, every, you know, when everything was shut, like golf, golf like driving range and golf courses, they were the only thing open at the time. So, you know, there was nothing else to do for me. So I've been playing a lot of golf since 2020. Um, yeah. That will okay. be my passion i think or hobby yeah right uh number eight the best gift you've ever received um hmm um i think it's um yeah i think probably it was the sebastian gave me a really good gift that i thought that was one of the best gifts i've ever gotten uh is from this band called the verve it's a cd yes. yeah. yeah you yeah. guys know yeah, yeah. Uh, 
yeah, that kind of really got me into all these in, indie music. I don't know if you can classify the Verve as indie music. I don't the know. Verve is like an English, uh, English band. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to, I, I, I bought their CD. Yeah. Um, I forgot the name of the CD, um, but it was from one of the earlier. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, I can show you the show, show, show you the CD next time. But, but yeah, that was, that was a great gift, I thought. Um, you know, a little something different than, you know, like the U2s of the world, you know, things did, like did that. He, did, he, did he give you a CD though? Or did he give you? Actual physical CD. That's what I have. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. That is kind of a special gift since not many people have CD players anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a CD player in my car. That's why. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. You're in the 997. I, yeah. I don't have hard play or any blue. I don't even have Bluetooth. On my is it? Does, so. does the 99? I can't remember, right? But does the 997 have a disc changer? Yeah. It's just does. one. The six CD disc disc changer. I, wow! I got look at you, six CD disc changer guy. <laughs> Big leaks now. That's what I got. Yeah, until it until it actually fucks up, and then you think, "Fuck this shit." Yeah, yeah you think I didn't fucking pick this CD, and you can't remember which CDs in which slot. <laughs> you can't remember that. It's impossible to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Number nine, the most difficult moment in your life so far. Um. Man, I have to go with when I first moved back, moved back, moved back to China, or even Hong Kong for that matter, because I've been living in the states for so long, I forgot what life was like in Asia, because I couldn't even navigate. Like I was in Shenzhen, I lived in Shenzhen for a little bit when I was younger, uh, but then Shenzhen turned into a this really cosmopolitan, like a real city almost in 2013 so i couldn't you know i obviously speak chinese and cantonese and all that but i just felt like i was a foreigner living in shenzhen at the time it was hard to navigate i mean i didn't know how to use the apps you know um you know in the states you got google yelp um and all that but oh, that all yeah. I, you know all that yeah. stuff, the, the, i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah where yeah. none of that's so you had to learn i had to learn uh, about yeah uh, okay. banking apps it was such yeah. a it was hard i remember, I remember when yeah. i first came to china like one of my friends you just down, got my phone and downloaded like everything. right yeah yeah on my, i mean on my phone and said you need these apps i'm like I, i'd never used these apps before right <laughs> yeah luckily i could still read and write chinese so that helped but still that was yeah that was hard. Okay. The last last one. Any regrets in life? Um oh there's too many. That's it's oh, <laughs> just regrets. Yeah, I can't quite put my finger on one. But yeah, I think um I would say probably there are any regrets, like serious life regrets or just Oh shit! I should have bought the FP drawing ten years ago, or that kind of regret. Nah, serious life regrets. <laughs> um, like professionally, profession wise, I think I did a pretty good job, so there was no regrets there. Um, um, I probably would have gotten married a little bit earlier. I think, I think that would be good for me personally. Um, I don't know if that's a that qualifies as a regret because that's that's something you can't really. Well, right. we'll take that yeah yeah 
I think have maybe having the family by now would be nice, right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah, that's probably it. All right. Well, that ends the podcast with you, Dave. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, well, I was tremendously fun. Yeah. <laughs> right. You have one of those voices that doesn't really show that you had a lot of fun, but I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, because I probably have COVID, but I just don't have any real symptoms. Yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm well, like, dude. that makes two of us then. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Long Long. Um, and we'll see you guys on the next one. I hope you enjoyed the episode. See ya. Bye. Thanks, Long Long. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to the Waiting List podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to us at the Waiting List Podcast on Instagram or via our private accounts. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.